1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: right, parents. Parents are failing or failed, and it's too late to fix it. Because at some point, you did not teach your kids how to order off a menu in a restaurant. And with that, a third... A third of Gen Z and millennials say they have menu anxiety (laughs) in a restaurant and are so nervous when they eat out that they are afraid to order their own food and have to ask someone to do it for them. What is menu anxiety? That silence
2: it's, right there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because the, those seem to be two different things. If, if you ask me what I thought it was, it would be the idea of just being overwhelmed by choice and unable to make a decision. It's like, oh, sure. I don't know, there's too much on here. Oh, what am I going to do? But that has nothing to do with being able to order. I mean, that's just talking to the waiter or waitress and saying, this is on your menu. I want one of them. Bring me one.
0: Boy, you're right. That's a big part of it. Um, four and ten of 25 to 34 year olds, and a third of 35 to 44 year olds, so this is me, have too many items to choose from. (laughs) That's the main source of worry. (laughs) Nearly a quarter of Brits, this is out of the UK, said they would cancel restaurant plans if they felt overwhelmed by the menu. Here's the only thing I'll add to this for a moment. If the menu is too big, It's Mm -hmm. probably not a good restaurant.
2: Agreed. Agreed.
0: Because you can't do, you can't do everything well. If, if it's, if it's a lot, if it's more than a page, maybe front pages, food and back pages, drinks, they're doing too much. There's no way that's all going to be good.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I would wonder, okay, what is it you're afraid is going to happen? You're not going to like it? I I ordered the wrong thing. Oh, no. Well, go back next week and get what you wanted to get in the first place. I mean,
0: your your restaurant order is not life or death. It never is. Once they actually sit down, a fifth of restaurant goers said they get others to order on their behalf. (laughs) Not being able to pronounce items on the menu is a common cause of concern. Uh, the other top triggers for menu anxiety are the cost of the meal, not finding something on the menu they like and regretting what they ordered. What I thought this was gonna get into a little bit that it doesn't is particularly when I think about like kind of the younger age group is just the process of communicating with a server, yeah. right? Because we say that the k- kids are too addicted to their phones and don't know how to communicate with the person. I thought it was gonna be that, like how to, how to properly order out loud Especially if like, hey, I want a salad, but skip the mushrooms and add tomato and, oh my gosh, I want my steak well done and please don't hate me. I
2: know my wife is probably sitting at home right now listening to this going, I found my calling. (laughs) You know, this is what we need to do is start renting ourselves out. To be the person who orders the food for you, you tell us what you want. We'll communicate it to the waiter or waitress. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if that's the new gig in the gig economy, she'll take care of it for you, no problem. Um, yeah, that, I, you're right because I think that you know we've had that conversation before on the air about how past a certain age downward, there seems to be a real reluctance to talk on the phone at all. Yeah, you used mm-hmm. like you said, they're on their phones all the time, but they're not talking on their phones, not even to each other. So the idea of calling somebody cold calling somebody you don't know. Oh, that's terrifying.
0: Uh, why are we overwhelmed if they're too? Why is that such a source of anxiety? Because it comes up in the story a lot. Yeah. Having too many options is the top trigger of anxiety while dining. It's not like they grew up in Soviet Russia. I mean,
2: right. <laughs> we've always had a lot of choice. Go to the grocery store. How do they shop? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. No kidding. How do you buy clothes? Yeah.
2: Go down the cereal aisle sometime. If you're overwhelmed with the choices at uh, at, at your restaurant, a go down the cereal aisle of the supermarket sometime.
0: OK, um, here's the only I'm going to give this half an ounce of like I, I understand it. Too bad overcome it, but Mm -hmm. I understand it just a little bit Um, because we just live in a time where we can research everything to death if we want before we make a decision. We have access to a gazillion, gazillion bytes of information about everything. I'm researching new luggage right now. I will not make this (laughs) decision till a year from now probably, (laughs) right? Because there's so many options and we know so much about it. So I get that you can be overwhelmed because you know so much about it. But just having chicken or fish or ribs or whatever as an option, Pick what you like the best.
2: Yeah, it's funny because my uh, my two biological kids, uh, BJ and Cameron, are they're only three and a half years apart, but they are so polar opposite in terms of their personalities. And you take both of them at age four. Like Cameron was like that. He would, you know, when the waitress would come over, he would say, "Can you get me a cheeseburger?" And I'd say, "Don't tell me, tell her." And and that's where I think the parenting thing is such a big part of this. Is like. You don't do that for your kids. Tell them she's right there. She's not going to bite. Tell her you want a cheeseburger where BJ, the older one, when he was that age, we had a really incompetent waitress at one point and she came over and said, can I take your order? And BJ looked at her and said, I don't know, can you? <laughs> so <Gosh>. yeah, uh, <laughs> a little bit of a shift. He's the one that needed uh-huh. to kind of tone it down a little bit, but, but yeah, that's it. If you don't do it when you're three, you're not going to be able to do it when you're 15.
0: So I do think there is something to that. We'll get to your calls here in a sec. And some of you are texting in that you can relate to this. I'm not going to laugh. I just need a little more insight, but I do wonder if some of this is, um, needing to take your kids out when they're young and have those experiences with them. It's not that you have to like take them to a four-star restaurant and you know, and teach them how to which fork to use and stuff like that. But some of it, I feel like is the life skills of how to pay a check. And how to calculate tip and how to order off a menu and how to behave and apparently how to make a decision is a part of that also
2: i i will always yeah we'll get to the phones here in a second i'll always remember the first time i walked into a buffet alone and I was like 11 or 12. We were staying at a hotel, and I walked in, and I just went right up and piled a plate full of food and went and found a table and sat down and started eating. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. found out later you're not supposed to do it that way. you got to go yeah. in and go through the rigmarole first. But, yeah, it, you know, at least I went in and got what I wanted. Ashley is in Salina this morning. Hello, Ashley.
3: Hi. I'm trying to figure this out because both of my boys, 15 and 17, you know, they will order just fine, uh, maybe me being a server and having taught them that etiquette but I never really I, I don't recall teaching them, hey, this is how you order from a waitress or a waiter, or server, sorry um, I, I just I'm really having trouble with this because it's like my boys, they're kind of like your older child, John or the younger one, <laughs> Yeah, one the older, older one, want, yeah yeah, I mean, if they want something, they're going to tell you, especially J.J. with his autism. He's not going to make any bones about it. Oh, there's ranch on this, and I'm going to flip out. He won't do that anymore, but they will be very blunt with you about this is what I want. This is how I want it, and I've just never had a problem with that. I, I'm just so confused right now not <laughs> – that difficult, I mean, you look at the menu, you tell them what you want, and they bring it to you. I just, I'm confused, and Jamie, if you figure out the luggage thing, let me (laughs) know because I'm researching luggage right now myself.
0: Oh, text me, like, let's figure it out together because both of mine, sorry, I'm gonna go squirrel for a second, I, I had a set of three, beautiful set of three yep. hard shell suitcases. Two of the three now have broken. Oh. The hard the hard shell is broken, and, it, and one just happened on this last trip. So now I just need one perfect, beautiful, amazing, use for everything suitcase. Let me know what yeah, you find.
3: I, I'll shoot you a message and you shoot me one. But yeah, I like I, it. I'm, not, I'm so confused about this because it seems like such an easy, well, to just, this is what I
2: want. Yeah, you know, a little shrinking violet that you are. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> I, 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 yeah.
2: I, I know uh, you know how, how hard it is for you to express yourself sometimes, Actually, <laughs> Yeah, well,
3: and I've always made my boys be very self-sufficient. Yeah. When, when my younger son was 18 months old, he laid down in a woman's driveway at a garage sale and went to sleep because I won't carry him. You can walk, use your feet. So maybe that's part of
2: it, but I'm just, I'm so confused. I think so. Yeah, Ashley, Ashley, thank you, as always. uh, There's a lot coming in on the text line right now from people saying, hey, hey, wait, time out. There's a lot of people with that kind of social anxiety. And I'm sure there are, but a third? I mean, how did it get to be a third?
0: Yes. Um, And how did so many people get to a point? Like, I get... Listen, I overthink for a living, right? I mean, this is what this is what the job is is to is to analyze and, but but you also have to have the ability to. Is it not knowing yourself? Is it not knowing what your preference is, and so you don't know how to take that list and know for you what? Is is it the fear of making a decision?
2: Maybe, yeah. Uh...
0: And even at that, I mean, they can help with
2: that, too. I know we've talked before about bartenders and how much they hate it when they say, what do you think I should drink? Yeah. (laughs) You know, but if you can narrow it down, like there have been times when I will say, okay, I'm stuck between this thing and this thing. Mm -hmm. Which one do you think is better? Yeah. And that's, and and I've never, you know, that's always been fine. They'll always say, oh, yeah, I, I tend toward this one. That's my favorite thing on the menu or something along those lines that, but yeah, you have to have that. Uh, yeah, I I mean, in terms of talking to a server, what, what is it that you think is going to go wrong? They're not going to yell at you.
0: Okay, here's what I know about anxiety is that as I go psychological for one second, and then we'll get to the calls because we have a, a gentleman who has called us to uh, talk about his wife. What someone has said to me is that your anxiety gives you the worst version of what can happen. People with anxiety are convinced that the worst possible version of a thing is what is going to happen. And your anxiety is strong, and you are convinced that if you order badly off the menu, (laughs) the server is going to judge you. And you don't want that. Get out! (laughs) That's me taking this seriously. For people that are getting mad that we're not taking this seriously enough, Uh that's me taking it seriously.
2: Okay, And, and, and I can get that. I just, I mean... That makes sense. It's just I don't get it. And maybe that's what it is, is it just it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm in the same boat with
4: Ashley. Let's go to John on the
2: next day. Hey, John.
4: Hey, guys. How are you today? Good, good. John, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I live with this every day, and I, I don't get it. It drives me absolutely nuts. Uh, My my wife has, uh, I guess, the uh, social anxiety thing with uh, ordering uh, when we go to restaurants. And it is is so severe that um, I have to be careful on picking a new restaurant. Um, Multiple occasions we have gone to new restaurants to try stuff. And as soon as we walk in, you can just see the fear. Start to well up in her eyes, and we'll sit down. And she'll look at the menu, and I can tell within the first couple of minutes how she's reacting. If we're going to be eating there tonight, or if we're going to leave a dollar tip and tell the server sorry we have to go someplace else. Um, yeah, I I don't get it. Um, she's scared to death that um, if she doesn't make a decision, that like you said, that they're going to get scolded by the server or. Uh, people are going to look at her weird or whatever. And I try to comfort her. I try to tell her it's not like that. It's not going to happen, but that anxiety just grabs her and just rips her out of those situations. So, um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating, but it's also sad. Um, you know, I try to get her out in public more and try to socialize more, but, um, sometimes she just becomes that hermit crab and I mean, has broken down in tears, Oh my gosh. just trying to find something on the menu.
0: John, I ask this in all seriousness. Does your wife yeah. have other forms of anxiety? I mean, you mentioned social anxiety. Are there, is it just this? Is this the only hangup or are there other situations it, where there's that kind of anxiety?
4: Uh, it, it just depends on the situation. If it's someplace that she's been before, um, she's okay with it. Um, if it's new, it is terrifying. If there's a lot of people, it's terrifying. Um, if it's loud, it's terrifying. But she loves amusement parks. So I it just I, I don't know what the complex is because it's so weird to me where in one situation, she's at the grocery store and has a complete breakdown because she can't find the right bread. But yet she'll jump on a roller coaster she's never been on before.
2: <laughs> that is something, yeah. You, it, you think it, about it, how many people yeah. have the anxiety about that.
4: Yeah, it's and like I said, I mean, I, I deal with it every day, and you know, we we try to work on it, and she's gotten better. We've been together for five years, and it's way better than when we first got together. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's an interesting um, mental complex, um, and I I don't understand it. Uh, I, just, all right. I just don't.
2: We feel for you, John, and thank you. I'm I'm glad she's at least been able to express some of it to you, so that you could relate it to us. But yeah, we really appreciate you getting in. Thank you.
4: Hey, have a good
2: one, guys. Yep, you too. Take care.
0: Appreciate the call. Um, Boy, if you can also relate, 913 586 7798. We'll be back here in a couple of minutes on KMBZ. All right, so we were talking about the story. uh, The Daily Mail did this story about a survey that was done of about 2,500 adults. And we've been introduced to the term menu anxiety about a third. So we're talking about um, like early 20s to mid 40s have anxiety when they go into a restaurant about ordering to the point that they will ask someone else to order for them.
2: Yeah. And whether it's just not wanting to speak up or not wanting to uh, make a decision for fear of making the wrong one or whatever it is, it just can be crippling with a lot of people.
5: Let's go to Ernie in Kansas City up next. Hello, Ernie. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, good. What do Great. you doing? Know? Um, so I was telling the screener, my, my oldest is high-functioning autistic, um, and he also, along with that, has generalized anxiety. Um, and the way that he explains it is what, what happens is it's, it's almost, it is irrational, and it's almost unexplainable, but it, it just, it grips his whole body. And when it happens, he, he, he just can't think of anything but the worst thing. It's you know what what's going to happen if I choose this, and you know the, the sky's going to fall if I don't if I don't pick the right side. So it's uh, it, it's especially tough for him.
2: You know, autism is fascinating to me because I don't have any direct experience with it, and it, it can take so many different uh, so many different avenues. And what I wonder is does that happen every time he goes into a restaurant or is it just, you never know when you walk in the door, is this going to be a good trip or a bad trip?
5: Yeah. It's, you know, it's thankfully was never that bad, but it is, you never know. And just a a kind of a glimpse into autism, you know, the, 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 the way that it was explained to my wife and I, and the best way I've ever heard it explained is our brains are four, six lane highway, right? Um, Autism is a 60-lane superhighway, uh-huh. and it's always trying to look at everything all at once, but then all of a sudden, hey, shiny red truck, and that's all you can focus on until, until you just let it go. Uh, and and it's, it, it makes perfect sense because there are people with autism, just spending, depending on how far on the spectrum either way they are, uh you know they're they're all the time looking at stuff they're all the time thinking analyzing and then boom all of a sudden you know like i said hey oh red truck all right follow the
2: red truck until red truck route is done
5: <laughs> yeah wow
2: and then we have to start over at the beginning with the other stuff oh you got it You're all right absolutely right well best of luck with it ernie thank you
5: yes sir thank you guys yeah, thanks for the
0: call and i you know, i also find autism um and those um neurodivergent uh I don't like to call it a disease, but whatever we call it. Fascinating, and that's a really good analogy for that in terms of how the how yeah. the brain works. So all right, we have callers on hold. Hang with us here. We'll get to more of your calls next on KMBZ.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: All right, coming up, we will get to uh, the story at a Southwest Airlines about what some passengers of a certain size have figured out. About what you can do, uh, but we're revving up our conversation here about the problems that some young people have ordering in restaurants. We'll
2: do it with Jim in Topeka up next. Hello, Jim.
4: What we've lost is is how to make it an adventure and then an, enjoy the adventure. Being overseas in a country where you don't speak but about ten or twelve words go into a restaurant and try to order with that. <laughs> and you learn how to communicate in first say nice Frankensie Deutsch bitte? I don't speak German, please. And then you point and pantomime and, and get through it. And it becomes an adventure for not only you, but for the wakers and the rest of it. And it becomes an enjoyable meal. And we've lost how to be able to turn things into that. And that's just one example of how to turn a phobia into an adventure in life that you can learn something from and enjoy.
2: Yeah, and it's not easy for everybody. Uh, but you're right. I, I mean, I see it the same way, Jim. Thank you. I, I you know, that what he just brought up—that whole idea—I think that, and again, we're not talking about people who suffer from anxiety disorder or people who are, are autistic or whatever. It, it's more about those of us who just never learned how to right. uh, how to do that. And and I think a big piece of it is being able to laugh at ourselves that that it's okay that I'm the fish out of water. It's okay that everybody else in the restaurant is going, really, dude? <laughs> I mean, come on. That, that, that's fine. Um, even the thing about you know not wanting to say, I'm not ready to order yet because you're afraid. That, that came up earlier on. And somebody mentioned that. It, that. You're afraid everybody else will look at you. How many times has the waitress come over or waiter come <laughs> over and said, are you ready to order or do you, do you still need a few minutes? And if you say, yeah, I still need a minute. Okay, fine. And they
0: just go off and come back a little while later. I mean, I'm the person that's often with, you know, a friend and I haven't, we haven't seen each other for a while. And so we're sitting there talking and we haven't even opened the menu yet. And you now have been at our table for the third time <laughs> Yes. And, 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 I, and you just got to laugh about it and say, okay, I'm sorry. We promise we'll do this by the next time that you come, you make a joke out of it a little bit. Yeah. I also think it's okay. One of the things they listed here was not knowing how to pronounce things. Yes, I, you hear me on the show every day. Are you kidding? Sometimes I just point and I'll just, and I'll, again, make a joke out of it. And I'll say, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this big French word here. This is what I want. And mm-hmm. then they'll pronounce it for you you're not alone you're not alone you're not the only one that has that problem and it, they don't care that much
2: yeah exactly and and most of the time they won't even correct you because they don't want to you know they they don't want to start a confrontation over it either but yeah if you're the one who's doing that and I'll do that same thing I'm like how do you say this <laughs> what, what is this now and yeah they'll they'll say oh yeah 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 and um, in, in fact I've, I've had a couple of them say yeah we weren't even sure about putting that on the menu <laughs> because nobody knows how to
0: pronounce it or, like, if I don't know what a thing is in a drink, this will happen in cocktails sometimes. Yeah. I'll know four out of the six ingredients, but there are two there, and I don't know what they are, and they might be really important. Mm-hmm. Just ask. Just yeah. ask.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, especially with bartenders, because they're craftspeople. Right. And they they're into it. I mean, they became bartenders because they were into it. And so, yeah, I mean, if if you start in general, this has been my experience. If you start talking to a bartender about booze, that conversation is going to go on for a while.
0: Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for getting in here. We will uh, move on to the story out of Fox Business. Some people are happy about this policy with southwest airlines i suspect that some of you are going to be less than pleased about this uh but fox business has gotten a hold of the policy that southwest airlines has that for passengers of size take that what you will if they cannot fit into one seat comfortably they can get a complimentary second or third seat so
2: conceivably an entire row
0: of seats for the same price
2: as one ticket.
0: Correct, without without having to pay more. If you, and so what they say is that uh, passengers of size have the option of buying just one seat, and then when you get to the gate, discussing your seating needs with the customer service agent. If it is determined at that point that you need a second seat or a row, you will be accommodated with a complimentary additional seat or seats Good. if that is necessary. Good. I think it's great. Um, I am waiting for the argument that there are people who, um, I don't know how they're going to determine comfort. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, but I'm waiting for, for someone to say they don't necessarily need the second or third seat, but they would just be more comfortable in it somehow
2: i'd be more comfortable the second or third seat wouldn't we all and i get that yeah uh because airplane seats are too small but uh, what my curiosity
0: is what are they going to do with a full flight too bad because i think what you have the option of this is what i assume because they're saying the way it's worded is you have the option of buying just one seat and then getting a free one at your gate okay I think what you can do, what what if, you're doing is taking the chance. If you
2: want to be guaranteed a second seat, do right. you buy a second seat?
0: Correct. You when you cuz I I assume there's a way to do that. You you buy a second seat if you need it or you yeah. call and you buy the second seat. You're taking the chance that the seats that the flight's not going to be full and you get to the gate and you take the chance that the gate agent will accommodate you. And I don't again, I how does that conversation go? Well, yeah, but even though I mean even
2: that though, would be tricky to pull off on Southwest because Southwest doesn't have assigned seating. So right. if you're taking up two seats and somebody wants one of those because they want to be in that row up toward the front of the plane, what are you going to have to do, show them that you bought a second seat? Well, here's both my tickets, oh, so wow. no, keep moving, buddy.
0: And does it make a difference? Like, what if you're a C boarding pass? Are, are, are they going to make yeah. you stick? For those who don't have Southwest boards, you either have A, B, or C. And A, a goes first, first, then B. And, yeah. yeah. So by the time you get to the c group you know there are maybe 30 seats left on that flight what if you are stuck only with only seats mm-hmm. does a flight attendant make somebody move to accommodate you uh... and should they because you can pay is it 20 bucks 25 bucks to be at a higher board to check in earlier yes. so that you can get a higher but what if you didn't but they gave you the extra seat because you're big enough that you need it. Yeah, my
2: inclination on that would be if, if you had the option to, to better ensure that you would have that comfort and then you end up it, it, it not taking that option and you end up frozen out, that's your own fault. Then you got to deal with what you have.
0: It's a tricky situation. Mm-hmm. What if, I mean, they gave you the second seat, but your boarding pass, by the time you get there, do they make somebody move? Because they have the seats. Yeah, Seats are available. Just not two together. Or, I mean, I can't even imagine a full row together on a Southwest flight.
2: Yeah, given the Southwest flights that I've been on Mm -hmm. (laughs) over the last five or six years, I, I don't think there's been an extra seat on any of them.
0: Here's the line in the story. The flight team will then try to effort to make the seating arrangements, potentially moving other passengers around for the unplanned accommodation
2: you see, and i don't even I don't mind that so much either. I mean, if you've got to move seats uh, and you can ask for volunteers, hey, can anybody in this row move out so we can put somebody in here with the, with this other empty seat? then yeah that that's that's fine uh i i think people get way too bunged up about where you sit on the plane everybody's getting off at the same time
0: yes but you're a taller person i mean for me it doesn't matter as much what if that means you're going into a middle seat then i
2: like the middle seat i'm I'm, actually i like the aisle seat best but yeah i don't mind middle seats at all
0: not everybody does though Mm -hmm. i mean i don't care because i'm five feet tall but some people that are six and a half feet tall or whatever don't they choose the aisle for a reason, or people choose the, I'm a window seat girl because I always like to look out the window mm-hmm. it's uh, um I can totally see again, Southwest doesn't assign seats, so it's not like your window seat it's not like you're paying more for something and then having to give that up yeah because that's if it was another unit if it was another airline, we'd have a different conversation about it. Somebody would say I paid more to have this seat and you can't you can't move me because the argument against it is I'm not saying I agree with this, but the argument against it is buy two seats. Yeah, I mean, don't expect it for free. Buy two of them up front. But a ticket is to move you, a person. You, you know what I mean? You're
2: buying, you're buying, you're not buying a seat on the plane. You're buying passage for a person to go from Kansas City to Baltimore. So you're still just a person. Uh, you, you're right. I mean, if you want to guarantee it, you buy two seats. That way you're guaranteed that there's going to be room enough on the plane for you to have two seats next to each other. But... Uh, yeah, I, I I, don't see it as, um, especially on Southwest, because they don't have assigned seating, as it being that one little chair
0: that you're buying. What is the airline's obligation to make you comfortable when you fly?
2: They obviously don't have one because they've never right. made me comfortable when I fly. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah.
0: What's their obligation to give you the second seat? You just fit
2: in the one. And that's that's just basic commerce. That Their their only obligation is what's going to cost us money if we don't do it.
0: Um, to my knowledge, Southwest is the only one that does this.
2: Yeah, so, I, I believe you're right on that. I've never, in fact, I didn't even know Southwest did it until
0: this morning. TikTok revealed it. Yep. And said that that they, I don't know how they figured that out, but at some point somebody on TikTok figured it out and shared it with everybody else. Uh, 913-586-7798. Um, I'm just curious to know what what you do if you're if you're in that situation, do you do you buy the ticket up front? Do you take the chance? What if the flight's full? The problem with Southwest is that you're not you're not going to know how full it is. You look at other airlines that assign seats and you can look at that seat map ahead of time. Yeah. and know how full it is. I mean, when I went to New Zealand, I checked that flight. I checked that map every day to see if I could move around to somewhere else um nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight if you want to get in here. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. 913-586-7798. All right, as long as we're talking about, uh, did John leave? There you are. No, I was just oh, getting you an way aspirate. out of screen for a second. <laughs> I was like, oh my, look I up, just, all of a sudden you're gone. The
2: chairs roll, man. It's all, it's all good.
0: We have another hour left. Um, so next story comes to us uh, courtesy of the TSA because of what they took away from a woman, speaking of uh, needing some special accommodation, what she needed just to be able to get around
2: yeah, and you want to talk about a potential violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act? Here you go. Now, part of the problem seems to be, and this is a woman that we're talking about who has trouble with mobility. She has trouble walking. But from the waist up, she's relatively okay. And what she found was standard crutches don't work well for her. Standard canes don't work well for her. And she needs one on both arms. So the, she, what she did was she took a pair of ski poles and modified them so they're not pointy on the end like ski poles normally are, but they give her enough mobility along with enough stability for her to get get around fairly easily. Until she got to the TSA checkpoint, where the TSA agent told her she shouldn't bring them onto the plane because they were sporting equipment and needed to be checked. And she said, that's fine, except I can't walk without them. She said, my poles are my arms and my legs. It was a very terrifying thought to be separated from them. I won't be able to get up and use the bathroom if I need to. Someone will have to carry me onto the plane. And she's trying to explain this to the TSA agent who is having none of it. And she said at this point he was be- she was being so aggressive. Uh, she said, I'd like to see a supervisor. And then the TSA agent said, I am the supervisor. <laughs>
0: Uh, After a half hour, she said the agent told her another agent was allowing her to take the walking poles on her flight to California. What's the reason to not let her take them? Power Are trip. they weapons? Do you, do you, but do you think they're weapons? Do you think that they're No more than a cane disguised? would be. I mean, yeah.
2: you could whack the tar out of somebody with a cane uh, or with crutches, for that matter. So, yeah, I, I thought about that. And, and the fact that she, I mean, they even show a, a picture of them. There's a little bit of video that goes along with this of the bottom of the ski poles. So what they have is uh, ski poles normally have that rounded bit down near the bottom so that it doesn't go all the way down into the snow. You know what I'm talking about? There's that little mm-hmm. guard there. And then below that, there's a point. So it sticks into the snow, but it doesn't go all the way down. And what she did was she took that point off the bottom. So it's not like you're going to be able to stab somebody with these things. If anything, they would be safer than cane.
0: Uh Okay. So uh, Department of Transportation website defines an assistive device as any piece of equipment that helps a passenger with a disability in coping with the effects of his or her disability. It explicitly includes, but is not limited to, crutches, canes, walkers, braces, and prosthetics. These are effectively canes that she has modified. Yep. I mean, they're walking poles that she has modified to help her walk. And where she's
2: covered is where it says it includes, but is not limited to, crutches, canes, walkers, braces, prosthetics. It, yeah. It, anything that you need to be able to stand, which she obviously did, is... is that you can take that onto the plane with you
0: by law. Like I said, that's a clear ADA violation. TSA spokesperson is um, sort of making the point, and she probably should have kept her mouth shut with this part, but Mm. she's sort of making the point that what this woman should have done is ahead of time, before the flight, reach out to the TSA CARES program to basically alert them ahead of time and then that way she won't have trouble going through TSA.
2: I would vociferously disagree. That's dumb. Train your people to follow the law. Yeah. That's what you ought to do. Uh, you have this business with, oh, she should have warned us first. Really? <laughs> I mean, Come on. Hey, she should have warned you that you have to follow the Americans with Disabilities Act. Here's a clue. You do
0: uh again i ask how many figures on this lawsuit Uh uh-huh we think this will be a
2: lawsuit yeah and i mean they they did finally let her but you know it goes back to the same thing they spent half an hour haranguing this woman
0: for absolutely no reason yeah this is where i i don't usually like this argument but the humiliation that was involved in that yeah and her like did they try did they say to her well let's see you walk (laughs) <laughs> yeah, give right. me those poles and let's see you walk without them prove, that prove that you'll, to me you need them yeah prove,
2: prove that you'll fall down if we take these away from you. here hand them to me and then stand up and, and you try and stand and if you fall over then we'll let you go yeah it, it amazes me sometimes that it doesn't get to that point
0: yes so we'll see how this one ends all right well we have a couple of minutes here we can wrap the hour with the story out of florida uh what this florida woman did During her arrest,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's very Florida. We we can start with the fact that she was being arrested for being drunk in public. Uh, Shocking, yeah, I know. And and then you can kind of take it from there. But uh, yeah, this this happened. uh, This is according to local10.com, which is a fantastic website down there. She was in the Keys. And uh, Monroe County, or Monroe County, I guess in Florida it is, is mostly the Florida Keys and then just a little teeny bit of South Florida, south of Dade County. But she went on vacation down in the Keys and just got herself absolutely wrecked. Troopers said they tracked her speed between 90 and 120 miles an hour as she crossed the seven-mile bridge and in Marathon, uh, which is, you know, A1A, that's on your way south through the Keys, and she said uh, said that she maintained that speed regardless of oncoming traffic. When they finally got her, the vehicle crashed in a construction site. She she had extremely constricted pupils, did not respond to verbal or physical stimulation, only stared forward in silence. And then while getting checked out at the hospital, Trooper said Epps urinated on herself in the lobby while loudly singing gospel songs and that she would alternate between sleeping, singing, and talking to herself during treatment.
0: I'm just going to let you take that in there for a second because uh-huh. that was a lot to... Well, they, then we get to the final to line of the story. After initially agreeing to field
2: sobriety tests, she went back on that and refused them, saying that God the Father told her to stop. <laughs>
0: Really? I mean,
2: apparently she's got a direct line, and God told her, Don't take that field sobriety test, young lady. Yeah, there's video of her. She's in, I think that's a (laughs) Honda Element, uh,
0: one of those religious exemption from sobriety
2: tests. (laughs) Right. And yeah, she's just all over the road, swerving around and and causing all kinds of problems. So yeah, Uh, have fun, have a couple of drinks on your trip to the Keys, but put a limit on that.
0: Coming over the next hour, we have new technology. To talk about, and we have old technology that you could have access to to talk about as well. We'll get to all that coming up in the next hour in KMBZ.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?